Boys, welcome to the Coach and Text. It's episode 18, and for a very good reason, this episode is called Two Macedonians Are Better Than One. I, I, can't, I can't talk about how excited I am around the guest that, that um, the coach has organised tonight to celebrate the 30-year anniversary of Collingwood's 1990 Premiership. I actually couldn't give two hoots about that, but I'm very happy to have these two guys reminisce about it. Shano, how well, are you, mate? Well, that is exciting, but I reckon... How how exciting was the four games that we just witnessed on the weekend? They were just incredible games. What do you guys think? Tex, welcome, buddy. Hello, boys. I I enjoyed immensely all four games of footy for very different reasons, but the cream rose to the top, and that was probably the best first round of finals I've seen in my life, and it was four quality games. And do we have a lot to talk about? Oh, wow, we, wow, we, mate. Uh, well, we've got to, um, dare I say it, keep to our time limits tonight because you, as a, a budding politician, Tex, would absolutely know that tonight is the federal budget. And I know you want to cast a keen eye over that for your constituency at Jager Jager down there. So when you roll up to the hot bread shop in Waddle Park. Um, you're all over the local politics and, and what's going on, mate. Um, are you up to speed with what Scotty and his cohort are going to come up with tonight? I tell you what, um, this doesn't get any better for me. Collingwood win, Richmond lose, and there's a budget in the one week. This is like Bruce McAvaney, Kathy Freeman out of control. That's a Texas <laughs> try you should have taken, mate. You would have got a win. Uh, we'll get to that later. But um, great games of footy, and there's a fair bit been going on. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. It, we will jump into it because we, we want to get to Dakes, who's, who's, who's wait. We've got him on hold, Shane. We've got him on hold. So, um, he's keen, so just he's keen to, mate. He's keen. We will, Loves a chat. We will cover some of these issues. Um, Tex has given me a preview of his tirade, and it's disgraceful. And I'm going to challenge him on why he hasn't come up with what the real tirade should be. Um, Coach's Corner is doubling up as the 30 year anniversary. Uh, that we're going to celebrate, and then we'll, 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 we will actually have a look at the poor old Hunters Club. Um, people have lost interest in that, and, and our tweeters have said a bit about that. So we'll get into it, boys. Um, welcome aboard for an exciting 18th episode. Morwood, a chance here for Collingwood. Shane Morwood puts it back. Oh, magnificent goal by Morwood. Oh, boys, how exciting is this? Um, I think I've called this episode... Two Macedonians are better than one. And, and I, I can't be more excited than to introduce fellow Macedonian and Collingwood Premiership player and Morphs ring in, Peter Dacos. Welcome, Dakes. Thanks for joining uh, Zoran, us today. Thanks for having me, buddy. And, um, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited than you knowing that uh, I've got a fellow Masso uh, on board. And, and I don't know if you know oh. this, but Morph's got a little bit of Masso in him too. He won't admit it, but, yeah, um, we've spent enough time together, so... Yeah, I think I've rubbed up on it. Oh, hello. Well, you know, my skin colour's still fair, <laughs> so uh, we need to rub rub together a bit more, mate. But uh, yeah. welcome to Macedonian Marvel. Great to see you, mate. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Good on you, buddy. Yeah. Happy anniversary, boys. 30 years today since you, you guys won the flag. It must be... Um, um, well, I mean, you, one of you looks as handsome as um, what you always did, mate, floating around that forward line. And then there's another one who... Looks a little bit thinner on top than what I can he remember. He probably did Shano. more work. He probably he, we worked him to a frazzle. Well, there's a lot of stress up the back line, let me tell you. So nothing like a forward line. Very, very calm, relaxed. Let's get the ball, kick a goal. Don't worry about any other aspect of the game. 
Now, Lee, <laughs> Lee stressed so many times for forward line yeah. pressure, the forward 50 pressure. Got nothing from those guys. Nothing Brownie had a sleep that day. That's how bloody relaxed he was. Ridiculous, <laughs> I tell you. We well, only won a flag, but don't worry about it. Anyway, good to see you, Morph. Give me a kiss. Good yeah. to see you. <laughs> oh, I, tell nice. you, I tell you who'd now, like to now, Hattie... is the Tex. Welcome, Tex. Well, boys, I've just been sitting here as a as a little boy who grew up in Reservoir and used to get the train down on the uh, on the Epping line down to Victoria Park every Saturday. Uh, this is I'm just starstruck. Normally, I'm not lost for words, Dakes, but they've got me tonight. They've got me. Uh, good on your text. No, uh, mate, I was probably on the same line as you because that would have gone straight past Preston. It would have. I grew yep. up. Oh, I used to catch the catch it from uh, Bell Street there. So to get yeah, to right. training as a kid. So, mate, you probably stole my um, my bag or something. So yeah. You, well, you'd remember. You'd remember, Dakes. It would too. I remember. I do. I do. Yeah. It used to go Reservoir Regent, Preston Bell, Thornbury, Croxton, Northcote, Mary. <laughs> that's right, Mary over the big bridge there. Yeah, that's right. And as, he, as he's grown up, Dakes, oh, Dakes, as he's grown up, he still can't fit into your shorts or your socks or your, your jumper either. They're still a bit too big for him. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's 30 years to the day. So, I mean, clearly with COVID and everything else, you guys would have had some sort of monumental celebration. Uh, I did, um, in doing my research, I did, uh, I did mention that um, Collingwood won their premiership in 1990 in October. They won their premiership in 2010 in October. And this delayed season is October. So I'm very scared now as a Richmond supporter that all of a sudden the omens are pointing and, and the stars are aligning. But how do you guys celebrate or what was on the cards to celebrate um, such, a, such a memory? Thanks. Uh, Morph, do you well, want to, um, well, oh, well, look, I, I think something like that never leaves you. It's one of those that doesn't need a lot of sort of prompting. Uh, um, but as a footballer, I always say it's it's sort of what I tend to hang my hat on. I mean, as team success, I think the beauty of it, and you probably tend to realise it after after you win it, that it, it never leaves you because no matter where I go, we're talking about something that occurred 30 years ago and, you know, people constantly relive it. You, and, and because of that very fact, it, it seems like it was five, six years ago. It's, it's still a real vivid memory. Whereas, you know, I had had, you know, the personal stuff. You might have had a good year in footy in the early 80s or, or you know, whenever it was. Um, it's things people don't bring up. So that stuff's left me. And, and it's sort of sometimes someone might go, oh, I remember this game at Waverley and you you did this or did that. I mean, I'm talking about one person that brings up one thing that occurred 20, 30, 40 years ago. That, that's long gone. But this grand final and our team success is something that never leaves you, you know. It's, it, it was fantastic. It was certainly a great, certainly a great day. Uh, now, I'm not sure it was supposed to be. It was in July this year. We're supposed to celebrate. I'm not sure that's supposed to be the Palladium. Now, I say the Palladium because it, 10 years ago, guys, with a 20-year celebration, it was a Wednesday night. I can't remember what month of the year. Uh, or Wednesday lunchtime, actually. Lunchtime. Yeah, it was a lunchtime right. We went into the night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe the next morning. Um, but it was it was massive. There's about 1,200 people at the Palladium and uh, just crazy celebrations 20 years after the fact. Uh, I can't believe it. And I had people saying to me, this is the second best function they've ever been to. And their <laughs> best function was the Copeland of 1990. I'm going... <laughs> Is this for real? And, and that's what you're talking about, Dakes, the impact it's had on people. 
Yeah. And there's so many people still hanging on to that 20 years later. And we obviously won it that year, uh, which is great. But um, just the impact it has on people's lives is incredible for that for that one day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Turtle will tell me off here because I'm already going off the run sheet. But just a question to both of you. Does it change your view on playing once you've won a premiership? Like you aim to win one. And then when you do, did you find in the year or years ahead that, the appetite is as much as it once was or just subconsciously do you kind of go, we've been to the mountain and do you back off a bit? Oh, I don't think it ever leaves you. I think once you've, you've had a bit of a taste of it, it, it sort of doesn't leave you. I think, uh, and I'm going to answer this two ways. I think the first thing was when we played in, in the grand final, I'd played in two previous losing grand finals. So, and, and Morph was um, a part of, you know, growing up with Collie Wobbles and that sort of the, the thing that sat um, lurking in the background was always there. And I think um, I, that 1990 grand final, I can honestly say, I was more worried about losing it. It's something you don't come out and talk about, but clearly at the back of your head, I mean, we're, we're, we're showing, you know, we went in really confident after thumping Essendon by 10 goals and they'd beat us in two home and away. So... I think the missing piece for us was filled in that in that second semi when we went into the grand final. And I was confident, but there's always that sort of, oh, you just hope sometimes, you know, the right decision, you know, you, you have, you know, injuries to players, whatever it may be. Um, so I probably didn't enjoy the lead up um, or the game as much as I could have because it was more relief, I think. And I think... I always said that I played in a great team. We played in a great team in 92. And I always say, had we have had pants, we would have romped it in. Um, we finished equal top, but went out in a botch, uh, equal top. And I think more if we, we were equal top and then went out in a St Kilda beaters. We gave them a six or seven goal start and ran them down. But that team was a beauty too. And, and I really was so keen to get one more under the belt, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah. it was a top six that year. And we finished third, I think, on 64 points with West Coast in Essendon, I think. Yeah. Uh, but we had the lower percentage, so we played in the elimination final. So at the end of that final series, the AFL changed the system because it was, it was unfair. But, but anyway, but about climbing the mountain, Tex, uh, you know, I'm not a big drinker and Dakes knows that. However, sure, he is a big drinker. He loves his beer and probably still loves his beer. Um, now we had our first beer, Shroy and I together at about 2am still at the, what was it? The Southern Cross. I think it was Dakes, wasn't it? That's right. The old Southern the old Cross. Southern Cross. Uh, that was about 2am and we both felt similar and that was, it's going to sound ridiculous, but flat, flat because True. we'd, we'd actually got to the top of the mountain and it was, it was just you can't imagine that the time prior to 2am to the time that final siren went was just, I don't know, just crazy. There's so much to take yeah. in and absorb and you probably just couldn't. But then it was like, okay, here we are at 2am. What's next? Like you've yeah. been striving. Like I've been at the club since 83. So it's my eighth year. Dakes, you've been there since 78, something like that. Sure. He's similar. It's like, and you played in a number of grand finals, losing grand finals. So it's like, it's a bit crazy, but it was like, that was a bit of a challenge. Like, what is next? Um, mm. And maybe that, that took some of us into the, 
the uh, hangover of 91, uh, potentially. But the want was, and we thought we were probably going to win 91, 92. We felt that confident about the group and the way we played. But you know, we, we know it's it's a mind game. It's a mental game, This the AFL footy. And we just weren't there until the second half and it was too late. You know, do you think more for so? I always think too, that 1990 grand final, I mean, yeah, you do have a hangover. I don't think intentionally, if that's the term we use, the hangover. And I think I think what happens when, um, you know, and, and using the example of football, I mean, you've got to play out of your skin a little bit. I think, you know, if you look at, we had a real evenness across that team and we had, I know we recruited really well. We brought in Tony Francis and Scotty Russell. The guys had, had you know, the timing of it was beauty because a few of the guys matured. You had Graham Wright going from playing a forward role to coming second in a Brownlow off the wing. You had Pants dominating off the wing. Like, he was in all the major awards. You had Shorey that finished in the top three or four in, in disposal. You, we had a fantastic defence. Um and then we had a forward line that kicked like uh, collectively probably 220, 230 goals. I mean, Stars chipped in for 30, 40. Dougie Barr, we kicked his 30. Star, um, Jimmy Manson, you know, like oh, everyone thanks. was. You only got 98. 98. Yeah, but uh, I probably could have kicked 99, but I handballed once in one of the no, games. No, stop it. Can we get video of that? <laughs> I don't believe that. But, no, but, but, but the point I make is. You know, like, it's hard to replicate it. That's why I look at some of these teams and think the cultures of the Geelongs and Hawthorns in over the last 10 years is, is fantastic, must be fantastic, because it's one thing to have have all the ability, but there's a lot of things that, that need to be replicated to to, to get to, um, as, as Moore could say, the top of the mountain. And, um, yeah, we, we... And now I appreciate it more. I think when we did it, it's a job and you sort of go, yep, fantastic, great. Didn't surprise me. But now, in reflection, I think, shit, I, you know, the, the, the boys we played with and what was achieved was just... You can magnify that um, now many times over, you know? I think it's interesting, like, so being a non-Collingwood supporter, but, but, like, now with... Like, you've got your son playing there... Um, Shane, I know your son's a similar age. Um, Gavin Brown's kids are, are in the team. Uh, like, how, how do they, like, what did they ask you about that now? And how do you compare and share your experiences like, with your kids? Like, I mean, like, I would have thought now, 30 years, I know it's big for you guys. Like you say, probably it gets better the longer, the longer you've been out of it, the stories get better and those sorts of things. How do you share that with like, the people, like your sons uh, or your kids more broadly? It's something that I don't. I don't think about it to the point about having a conversation about it. So I probably really haven't spoken to my kids about it and they don't really ask me about it probably because I don't mention it. Uh, I'm not sure it's like with you, Dace, because, you know, Josh is playing there now. Maybe it's a little bit different. But I, I, I don't know. How do you see it? I, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I don't think it's something that I, um, yeah, I, I talk about. I mean, I... I don't have a lot of, well, I don't have anything hanging on the walls. And not, that's not because I'm not proud of, of where I've come from. But, yeah, I probably, um, oh, look, I've got, I had at one stage in my office the grand final, um, the big grand final um, photo and print, um, which I had to purchase from an auction, a Collingwood auction. <laughs> but having said that, 
that was such was a turnover back then. Let me sorry about that, boys. Um, oh, but in the end, um, yeah, I don't. I think we're so consumed with. I'm so consumed. It's interesting. People ask me if if the boys um, listen to me or talk to me a lot about football, and I go, but the football's lost sometimes in all the. You know, did you pay? Did you make your bed? Did you eat this? Did you do your homework? You know, there's a hundred things that we're talking about. So, no, it's it's. Oh, they've, no, I don't think they've ever spoken to me either, really, about... And I haven't pushed it down their throat. I've told them sometimes just what a great feeling it is and how special it was. But, um, no, I don't. Uh, we don't get into the nitty-gritty of it, really. Mm. I, hey, yeah, OK. Go on, Tex. Go on. I was just... A, a question of both of you was being a premiership player is one thing, but being a premiership player in a Collingwood side after it being such a long time, after the game and in all the celebrations, was that what you thought it would be? Or was that just on another level and completely out of control? Because being a Collingwood supporter, it seemed like we, the supporters, lived for that moment forever. And then when it came, we wanted to talk about it for years and years. The days and weeks after the game, was the response from the supporters what you thought it would be? Or was it beyond belief? Oh, uh, well... What happened because of the 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 tide was a qualifying final against West Coast over at Waverley, and because it pushed it out and and we won in October, we had to rush everything. So like we had our Copeland Trophy um, awards night on the Tuesday, three days after the grand final, on a plane the next day to London to play Essendon in that oh, Foster's yeah. World Cup um, tournament. Tattoos, so, tattoos. Oh, well, we've got our tattoos. Please that was a great Morgan. idea from the morph. Uh, started a trend in the industry, let me tell you. Um, yeah. So, like, and like we were trying to have a drink in London at the same time, trying to stay fit because we had to represent the football club on the Sunday to play Essendon again. And um, when you say what was it like with the spectators supported, we really didn't see him after Sunday or maybe, sorry, Tuesday night at the Copeland. So we were away. And then from that, at the end of that, call it tournament, then we everyone went their own way. So Dakes, myself, Dougie Barwick, uh, it was Mark McKeon. We went because our runner, fitness advisor. We went from London and and went to to Hong Kong and met up with the girls. So and, and others right. were everywhere. And then I can't remember when we started training again for preseason, but it was it was sort of a Jesus, mate. Looking back, it was probably a very disorganised in some way or chaotic. So it probably wasn't where what they do these days, and they do it really well. Okay, the next day, oh, we had the Sunday, of course, but I think there's so many things programmed to get around to the supporters. And I think um, I think for me, you know, going a little bit further advanced and we go about that 20-year 20, 20 anniversary, I didn't realise how it impacted people's lives. It actually taught me something that I really wasn't aware of. And when I look at the coaching time I had here at Dingley, I think that really helped me with my coaching because of the impact that we don't realise we have as footballers or coaches. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was a different time, mm. Tex. It was really weird. Dakes, oh, your thoughts were? but Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think we had time to take a breath. I mean, it was sort of like go, go, go because of that draw and everything was pushed out. And um, uh, I think we only spent, as you said, more for I mean, Sunday. We were gone Wednesday, four days in Melbourne and, and we were getting shuttled all over the shop. But... Um, 
you know, I think, and while we're away, I think they did the burial of the the, the collie wobbles and. Um, but we were, we were sort of, it's interesting, we went over there and that was another story in itself, but we had to sort of, in a sense, it was a replay of the grand final and we're, we're trying to um, play a game, um, prepare for a game while we're, we're you know, um, having a few beers as well and celebrating. And I remember distinctly, oh, like I captained the boys in, in that Foster's Cup games and I remember... I'm sure he didn't didn't make the trip, um, uh, but they asked me on the Thursday. We had a meeting before the game, or the night before, and it might have been the Saturday night. And I remember Ronnie Richards and Lee Adamson and Wayne Richardson and that grabbing me as we were trying to select the team and have a, a team dinner and a chat about the game. And it was just out of control. And and I remember them saying to me. Do you think we we got a call from Big Al and he wants, you know, to put on a good showing? We know you guys are celebrating, but can you pull the guys up? And I said to them, I'm not going to pull them up because here we are after 32 years, you know, we're, you know, taking it in and the boys have had a pretty demanding year and especially a, a demanding final series. And, you know, God, it's like um, some trying to pull up some wild horses, you know, like it was, you know, like imagine telling... Pants and Banksy and a few of these guys to we were all in celebration mode and everyone was celebrating their own way but then they said oh can we have a curfew and I was thinking to myself I was you know thinking to myself yeah midnight no worries they said to me oh can you get him in by four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I went oh done you know just, I shook hands <laughs> and, it was like, and, and honestly I, I remember saying to them at the time this is true when they asked me to pull them up I said no and because Big Al was saying we want to show have a good showing, and the one thing the understanding we I had of my teammates, forgetting about the opposition, the importance is knowing your teammates. I had so much confidence. I said, "Look, the boys will go out tonight, but you know they always turned up to play, and you know that such was the confidence that was built over not not a preseason that preseason. It was built over." You know, when we blooded these kids in 87 that came through, you know, Matthews, we finished second last that year and then went on to build a, a pretty good team over four years. So, it, um, yeah, look, there was a great confidence amongst them and, yeah, it, um, yeah, it was just a great time. I, I can't say enough about the, the it. The best thing about that, right, is in everything that Dave said there is true. And I remember the Sunday, we played at the Oval. Was it the Oval we played at, right? Yes, and Eddie Hillgrove, yeah. team manager, coming in. You know, come on, boys. We've got 35 minutes to warm up. Everyone's not moving. <laughs> Seriously, not feeling good, not moving. And then we'd ask, how long, Eddie? Ten minutes more. How long, Eddie? Five minutes more. So, Got to get changed here. Yeah. Get changed. <laughs> Out we walk onto the ground, right? Now, we bet them seven days or eight days earlier when we were sober and we smashed them when we were pissed. <laughs> yeah. I think Chris O, Chris yeah. o moved, we moved Chris O from the back line to the forward line. He's kicked six or... I played in the centre. I hadn't played centre all he year. Was kicking, he was kicking torps from the middle of the ground. Chris o, Chris O's kicked six, Stars has kicked seven, and we've smashed them by 20 goals. Now, she's... She, <laughs> they travelled on the same plane as us to London on the Wednesday. She said, do not talk to the Collingwood boys. Like, he was an arsehole. Wow. Well, we just gave it to him when we bet him when we were pissed. It was funny. Shane, don't forget, 
Don't forget how wide our distribution of this podcast is. You'll get back to sheep, mate. Well, let's hope so. We'll get him on as a special oh, guest mate. as well. Yeah. Hey, hey, just oh, sorry. On, oh, well, you've got to be quick. Just a question of you two about the game itself because oh. – um, oh, well, sorry, you're not quick enough with your questions, Turtle. You're slow. That's why you're called a turtle. I just Dakes and Morph. Dakes and Morph. The game itself. When when you had such a big build up into it and, and the night before the game, did either of you think there was any chance that you would belt the shit out of each other the following day? Was it in your mind at all? Because everyone likes to talk about the fight. Did it ever cross your mind that there was going to be a fight, let alone one that big? Or was it just something that evolved on the day? Oh, look, I um I, I think in those games, if you go back traditionally um over the years yeah, there was always in the first five minutes. Think, think back. I mean, you guys have been, uh, you know, watch games, you know, over, you know, 30, 40 years. I mean, and even the old highlights. First five minutes of a grand final. I mean, I think of the Hawthorne Essendon games of the eighties. There was always a Barney, and and I think in all the big games we played, I'm sure Morth can will add to this. I mean, there was always. Um, a testing period and it was always early in the game where you know your key players were always being tested or but but as a team you're always looking for the weakest link and and in a grand final when there's so much at stake you you you, you know like you there was always something going on and then you know if if one guy of the opposition backed off you know they were they were running around with 17 and um such was the states i suppose so in that grand final, a surprise to me, um, and I'll let Morph sort of take it on, was normally it started in the first five minutes and, you know, it, it happened at the end um, um, uh, of the quarter. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was it was a tradition, yeah. wasn't and it? And we, we've always witnessed something like 12 months earlier, uh, we had Yatesy coming off the off the wing and, and cleaning up yeah. Dermy in the first bounce, right. first minute of the game. It was just incredible. And what an incredible, tough grand final that was but as Dave said there was always an incident or something going on but never to the level that we got to a quarter time of our game and that was all thanks to Banksy uh, kicking spawn in the ankle I think and it started from there and just the click of a finger was just on so uh, and next thing you know you had um, Derek um, kick it um, jumping at Shadow. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was I was asking to throw one because I was ready to block and give him <laughs> one. So, um, but that didn't happen. Shorey tells a funny story though. He he reckons he went through the front of the whole pack, swinging, eyes shut, swinging through, got to the other side, and then turned around and see who was coming. <laughs> so he's a little bit taller than you, Tex. So, but you can imagine someone had a go at him. They would have missed anyway. But um, and Dakes, I saw Dakes throw a couple, but. He was throwing them behind Eddie Hillgrove, our, our team manager at that stage. So yeah. Eddie threw one for him and got 12 months for throwing one. <laughs> no, I was, I was I got a few extra cordials. My <laughs> one was blue and I was over getting an extra cordial. So it was, I was, uh, what were they? Yeah, re-hydrating. exactly. So uh, crazy times. Was, um, so Brownie got concussed when he got hit. Yeah. So he like in the modern game now he wouldn't be he wouldn't have come back on the ground no, not a, not based at all. off the concussion testing and all that sort of stuff now well, he would have done a test there's a, a written test that they, they go through so I don't know what his result was but it's a grand final and as uh, TD has uh, mentioned before it's well you do anything in a grand final and Brandy did the same he wanted to go back on 
more of a, um, I always tell the story, uh, he was never coming onto the ground because when he got hit, um, actually when he was down, I, I remember looking across and I think we all were sort of standing there in the huddle when we realised it was one of our boys and you sort of, but we didn't know who it was because Brownie had, was sort of, you had four trainers around him. When they picked him up and I realised it was Rowdy, I went, oh God, you know, anyone but Rowdy and as it turned out, he was a key player, important player for us. And I remember they brought him across the ground. And when he got to us, I remember walking over to him and I gave him a slap on the bum and said to him, good on you, Rowd, you know, beauty. You know, I thought he was okay. And he looked at me, he said, oh, hi, <laughs> Mum, how are you going? And I, thought, <laughs> and I thought, no, that's about it. That's see you later. You weren't that good looking. I'm pretty he sure the concussion on, test doesn't have that question. <laughs> <laughs> he came on the third quarter, yeah. kicked the goal. Yeah. And, That's right. You know, he, he um, yeah, like that was, and then um, I think Stas, and you, you probably know better, I mean, Stas was out of a two morph, you know, like he'd gone down as well yeah. in the third quarter. So they got him right on the chin. He was out before he hit the ground. It was a, it was a ripper, unfortunately, mm. for Stas. Yeah. And he kicked two goals at that stage. So yeah. we, we had, it was, uh, was it interchange there? We had a, or was it 19th and 20th? There was only 20 players back then. One of Texas, one of, uh, no, change, change. One of, yeah. one of Texas favorite players yeah. is Jamie Turner. So Jamie Turner and Craig Sarchich were on, oh. on the bench. So Sarch would come on and he was on fire. He was killing. And I'm pretty sure he starts kicked two goals. Yeah. So um but it didn't last long, unfortunately. No, they, they they were even saying at one time he was probably, you know, sure he played a great game and deserved, you know, being BOG and but but at that stage it was probably neck and neck. Stars had had a yeah. ripper game and you know like had done a mountain of running and kicked a couple of goals in a very low scoring game. I mean I think we only managed thirteen goals and so you know he still still and don't forget he played up the ground. So to get on the end of a few and and he probably set up a couple. So yeah, he was terrific. Absolutely. And um, so from a playing point of view, what was the um, when, when did you feel like we've got this game under control? Uh, well, control and completed, probably two different things. I, I certainly felt after the quarter time break, after Lee's, um, well, call it speech or address to us, but I, I remember the one key component was just focused now on the footy because of the eruption in the fight at quarter time. Umpires will try and get control of the game. So do not play the man, play the football. They'll protect the man and get control of the game. And that's an opportunity for us. And, and we did that in the second quarter, kicking five or six goals. And so I felt like we had control, but it's a grand final. And, you know, for me, it was my first um, AFL day grand final. I played in a night grand final with the Swans a few years earlier, but nothing like to that level. And Dakes, as you said before, you played in two losing grand finals. I'm not sure where your head was, but it's purely just focus on what we've been doing and keep doing it. Don't change from what we've been doing. So I, I felt like we are in control, but... You never had, I suppose, the confidence that that was always going to be the case because the game can change as we see in today's game. It ebbs and flows, um, and it was going our way. So for me, it was when Dougie Barwick hit, uh, hooked around, got a handball from Banksy, hooked it around. I'm not sure what it was, 20-odd minute mark, low 20-minute mark of the final uh, quarter. And I think I felt like that was the time. And I think the 100,000, let's say there was 100,000 Collingwood supporters there, you could feel it. And I think, actually, one of the players mentioned it on the weekend. I can't remember who it was about the sound, the noise at the ground. It might, might have been the Collingwood game over, over at Optus Stadium, but you could feel it. I felt that when we ran onto the ground, Dave. I don't know about you, 
when we ran onto the ground that day, mm. it was like you could see the, the the sound waves. It was just deafening. It was just amazing. And that moment when Bug, Dougie Barwick hit that goal, that was it. That was it for me. It was all over. Yeah. I, I, look, I think, yeah, that's right. I mean, people, that quarter time address from Barney, we took off in the second quarter and people, I always say, people expected... You know, what did he say? Because, you know, you lose a, lose a key player and all of a sudden you guys kick six goals. Didn't you like Rowdy or something? And I said, no. The, it was a real simple message that that uh, teams, players can lose focus and, and the hardness and the toughness always needs to be at the football. And, like, they, they I reckon the first 15 minutes is more saying they, they played the man, we played the ball. We were in probably three or four non-threatening positions you know we were hugging boundaries and sitting on wings and flanks and all you could do was get hang time and get the ball in the air to get a contest and um and they played the man i reckon we got like two or three real aid frees i think dougie got belted scotty russell yeah. got belted and we, we we ended up virtually in the goal square it's, and, and they were hand me you know they they handed us goals on a silver platter so you know, from there we got our tail up, and then uh, if you ask me when I thought it was over, I, I remember sitting in the rooms and was six up. Now I'm an experienced player, and I've been around a while, but I'm sitting there, and I I know it's over. I'm looking at these guys. No one's laughing. No one's. Everyone's got this steely look in their eyes, and and in their, and but I'm sitting there, and I'm not smiling. But if you could zip me down and open me up, I mean, I was. You know, I was bouncing. I was jumping for joy because, and I, again, I get back to, I knew what these guys were all about. And you know what? I was so content. Um, but I agree that the game's still the, the crucial third quarter where you don't let them come, come back in. And then um, I remember for the last five minutes, I was turning around looking at the crowd. I wanted to get involved. There's blokes hugging, kissing, crying. It was just... It was really, as a player, you don't get to experience that. I always say, I wish I could. there was an out-of-body experience. I'm sounding a bit weird, but I wish I could have last quarter watched it with the fans in the outer. I mean, um, it because it, it, as a player, you, you've got a job to do, so you, you can't, you don't actually enjoy it. Um, I think in reflection you do, um, and as time goes on, it, 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 as I said, it sort of multiplies. It's, it's a bloody great feeling. Um, I'm conscious of your time, Dakes, but if Turtle allows me, I just wanted to fast forward a bit to now. Um, with your boys, do you find yourself giving advice or talking much about footy or do you kind of sit back and let them come to you and be there as a dad or, or are you a football mentor? How does that whole work in your family with both the boys? But obviously Josh is the one getting the publicity at the moment. Oh, look, I, 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 um, I am, I am, uh, look, I'll wait for a game. I don't, I try not to mix, you know, I, I might give a few pointers. I'm more interested, even as they were playing, more interested in what they were doing off the ball. Um, I, I always believe that learning to play the game is when you haven't got it. I mean, we understand the objectives when you have the ball, you know, by foot and hand and all, you know, all that sort of stuff. And what you do off the ball with, with just protection and shepherding and whatever else, you know, and there's a million things we can talk about. But I think I was always worried, you know, I've always discussed with them, you know, where their positioning was and, you know, where they, they 
you know, should think about. I think the vision is always a handy thing, you know, with Josh. And I've tried to, and he's been pretty good like that. I, I try not to bombard him, but I'm mindful that, yeah, look, I know he's trying to do the right thing when he gets it, you know, and that's use it. Um, but my, my thing is more about his running and, and where he's running to. And, 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 and it's not about where the ball is now. It's about where it's going to be. And, and you know, if you're not first in line, then you've got to be in a position where hopefully you can join up with the chain. So um, I know they're pretty good. They come to me and we, we, we have a chat, but I think, um, you know, they've got so many people talking these days. I've got to be mindful of that. But uh, as a, uh, as a dad, I think, on the weekend, I mean, it was just the, the most emotional game. I mean, I could get, you know, as a supporter now, if they lose well, I just get a good, you know, get a good night's sleep, you know. Like, um, I'm still a bit disappointed, but it doesn't impact you. Whereas, you know, if you look at the game, the, you know, getting to the, you know, there it's a finals game and, yeah, I, I, emotionally it was, um, yeah, very, very draining. But I, I couldn't be prouder of... Um, um, the team and, and him, it was just a fantastic performance, you know, and I'm glad he was a part of that and experienced that. Now, is it true the, the other one, Nick, is a Carlton supporter? Is that, have, I, have I understood that correct? Is that, is that how it works? Because um, I actually heard an interview with Josh, I reckon, um, um, after the game they played at the Gabba against Carlton, and I think he said that um, he thought if there was any chance I could swing him across, it might be after we beat him in that game, because I know Collingwood was still a little missing a few blokes and weren't playing as well. But uh, is that is that the case? Is that is that how it works at the moment, mate? Ah, <laughs> oh, look, yeah, we we gave him an ultimatum. Yeah, he was a Carlton supporter, and he's either you, you turn to Collingwood or you don't live at home. So we we've sort of turned him around a little bit. But no, nah, look, um, oh, look, he's got a soft spot for the Blues because um, he, he'd go to a few Carlton games. I've got some friends that are Carlton supporters, even. Um, Steve Silvani had, had taken him along because um, uh, Nick Nick used to play with Tommy, um, their youngest boy. So we'd, we'd see him. And then on the Sunday when Colin weren't playing, he'd say, look, I'm taking the boys a footy. I'll grab Nick. And I'd say, yeah, but unbeknown to me, he then got him a jumper and, you know, like... Um, so he got brainwashed a bit, if, if, that's, the, if that's the term. And um, But, yeah, no, he's got... He's Collingwood. There's no, there's no if buts. If push came to shove, he's so, good. Yeah. As you know, like I, I was a Collingwood for eleven years, and Dakes was there for what fifteen, mate? Fifteen seasons, sixteen seasons. So, uh, that's so right. I was played footy yeah, with Dakes for eleven years, but um, Dakes and I were nearly teammates at another club. Do you know what that, who that <laughs> club is, or which club yeah. it was? Another footy we were nearly, club. We we're nearly in, in the, the AFL. AFL. We we're nearly teammates at another club. At Sydney. Sydney, correct. Yeah. You know how it came about, or how it nearly came about. Thanks. Uh, go or, on. Or, or, uh, I'm guess. Oh, oh. Turtle. Have well, a guess. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh no, I was just going to guess. No, no. Would that have been um, Sydney trying to approach? Dakes before you'd moved across from from Collingwood, mate? No. Or as a package deal. <laughs> What a deal, eh? Yeah. Nah. Mork was Mork was a steak. I, I weighed about I weighed about seventy oh, kilos and hadn't played a game. Hey, Mork, hey, Mork was a bloody um, uh, a, 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 you know young gun, a young gun as a as a kid, you know, like the Morwoods, and then 
North, um, we, we got him away. I think we missed out on Paul. He went to St Kilda. I think they um, put in for him as well. And we got um, we got Morph. I mean, Tony was a it was a bloody great player too, you know, half forward. But um, but no, I was a mad South Melbourne supporter as a kid. Um, so my dad, when he first came to Australia, grew up in South Melbourne yeah. and stumbled across South. Told the story a few times, but um, I remember as a kid, if, if I back then when games were just played on a Saturday, if I didn't hop in dad's car, I wouldn't have got to see a, a VFL game as it was known back then. So. You know, we never won a game in the early 70s. I remember Bob Skilton and Keith Baskin and Hayden McAuliffe and Shane McHugh and bloody John Sudolfs yes. in 1970. Um, I could go through them all. Fred Way. Um, <laughs> what about Gary so, Frangalis? Um, Tony oh, Rantel. John Rantel, yes. Um, oh, Tony Hainan. I mean, I can I can rattle off hundreds of names. And Johnny Petura was my favourite. And so I actually, and a lot of people don't know this, Morph does, I actually asked for a clearance in 78. I was playing seconds footy at Collingwood and I asked for a clearance at the end of the year to South... Sorry, at the start of the year to South Melbourne and that was knocked back. I even tried out. My dad used to drive me to to South Melbourne Little League in the early 70s to get a game and there'd be 500 kids on the oval but they never picked me. So that's how fanatical we were. And... um, yeah, it uh, wasn't wasn't meant to be, and and as fate would have it, more. So you know what would have happened if together. we if we actually played together at the Swans, the Swans wouldn't have waited so long, seventy two years to win that flag. It would have happened a lot earlier, wouldn't it, Dakes? Yeah, hundred oh, percent. They would have missed Collingwood out for may sure. May have missed out more. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but look, they you know like um, we wouldn't change things. There's there's top uh, you know. You know, it changes, the path changes different times and it was fortunate, you know, like I look back now and, you know, we became teammates and, and you know, like I, I, I always say, and I say this with Josh now, you know, like there's not a lot of people can, can say they do a job they love and, you know, it, it you know, I, I was, I've always said, you know, and I'm sure I'll let Morph speak about it, but, you know, we... Yeah, we would have done it for for nothing. I mean, at the end of the day, when you know the bloke next to you is getting paid, well, then you, you ask for it. But if if there was an evil, even playing field and everyone getting a buck, well, that would have done me fine. You know, it was just um, very fortunate. Yeah, I agree. To have done I've, I've I said it for a while that if there was no pay, we still would have wanted to play at that level to test ourselves against the best. Um, yeah. Mm, so 100%. these guys today, I mean, it's a full time job for them. It's a lot different to. Uh, when Dakes and I finished, because the following year after Dakes and I finished, it actually went semi-professional. So the, the wages doubled. And then three years later, it went to fully professional and doubled again. So we missed the boat from that point of view, but we would have played for nothing. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, again, like Troy said, we're mindful of time, mate. So um, it's been great having you guys reminisce, even for a Richmond supporter. Um, oh, the one comment I would say is that if you're playing the Foster's Cup in London... And you're basically a two-hour flight from Macedonia, mate. I don't know how Dakes didn't get you across there for a bit. Jono, take you through the fields there, running well, through the he, fields. If there, he had a suggestion, it, we would have gone there, but we're, we went to Hong Kong. Uh, we went to Hong Kong. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have loved it more. Well, I can guarantee, you mate. You wouldn't have lasted more. Dakes would have been uh, the only Macedonian in Hong Kong, mate. There wouldn't be too many Macedonians in Hong Kong, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's true. No, that's right. No, I mean... Um, yeah, I don't know more how, how you would have gone, but I would have loved to have got you there. So, um, but yeah, look, it's 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 great being on, boys. I appreciate it. Um, 
Tex, um, Turtle. Um, great times. And, and maybe we do this again in three weeks' time when the Pies uh, get home. Maybe when they get those bully boys hey. and Tigers, huh? Well, imagine they could oh, still play each other, talking... mate. We're in opposite sides of the draw, so you never know. It could end up um, yeah. happening. Do you, how do you genuinely feel? Do you, do you think that they can, they can run the gauntlet and... Um, and go all the way, or what are your what are your thoughts in terms of who might win it? Oh, look, I, I think um, you know it's it's you know moving forward now the you know the the really good teams are playing, or the ones that have qualified. I know it's debatable with with some of the ones that missed, but you've got to get it right at the right time of year, and that's all part of being um, you know the builders as the champions of the year. I think. Um, you know, to go over there, the West Coast, and do what they did, they quarantined, they, they, you know, it was a huge um, ask. And and I've always said you can measure the kicks and stats and anything else, but, you know, what's going on in a person's head and in his, in his heart is always hard to measure. And um, I reckon from the first bounce, you know, you know when your team's on and when they're not. And, um, and they were just fantastic. Oh, look, it's going to be a big ask this week, and I can't see them resting on their laurels and, and sitting back. But Geelong, are, uh, you know, you've got to make sure that you've got to snuff out any opportunity they have because if they get their tail up, they're, they're away. And, and these final series is about getting the score on the board early and and sort of, I suppose, uh, marshalling your intent, you know. So... Yeah, look, they're in there with a big chance. If they can get through Geelong, I'm, I'm, I'm confident they could get into a grand final because all of a sudden there's a different theme. You're one away and, and um, yeah, they're, 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 they might be getting it right at the right time of year. Well, Turtle, so. Turtle loves the coach yeah. of the Geelong, mate. So you've got a special name for him, haven't you, Turtle? Well, I mean, um, I think Damien Hardwick owns, <laughs> owns real estate inside his head, mate. So Mr Six Acres over there. Um, I don't know if there's any time for him to actually be worried about Collingwood because he's, he spent so much time trying to work out how to beat Richmond. So I reckon you guys are Monty's to, to win yeah, that Yeah, well, game. I think Kenny, Kenny Hinckley might have a few acres now. He, he, I think he's bought two. So uh, um, hopefully yeah. Bucks <laughs> buys a couple on the weekend as well. <laughs> Finish it off, no, Tex. Right. Finish it off. Well, I, I was just going to say to both of you, in all seriousness, it's been great to chat to, to you, Dakes, as a guest and to you, um, Shane, in a different capacity. But, you know, to do what you two did um, and to be able to sit down as mates and talk about it 30 years down the track is is an absolute credit to you. And you brought a lot of joy to Collingwood supporters over many years and you continue to do it. And you're on this planet for a good time, not a long time. And, you know, congratulations on what you did 30 years ago. and it's just great to see you both so happy and healthy and able to talk about it as mates. So as a Collingwood supporter, thanks very much. But, yeah, well done. Thanks, great Tex. effort. Uh, good on you, Tex. No, thank you. It's always good catching up. And, um, no, thanks, boys. And, and you know, like we're going through some, some torrid times and, you know, like Morph and I were talking about it last week, you know, like it's important that you reach out to your friends and, and stay close and, you know, whether it's a, a 10 second phone call or just a text message, it's really important. You know, that support, if we're talking grand finals, we went into all the, you know, there's a lot of things that go into play, but the support and, and the right culture is always important. But that support mechanism, we had that in nine. I'm not saying we didn't have it in other years because you've got to top it up with a bit of this and a bit of that. But um, yeah, uh, we're going through some torrid times. So I wish everyone... Um, 
all the very best and, you know, we can do it together yeah. and get through well it. Well said, mate. Fantastic. Days. And thanks again for joining us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, great to reminisce. But uh, um, And when you talk about connection, these two people here uh, in the podcast do a great job for connecting to people and they manage businesses themselves and uh, they do a great job. So it's uh, it's worked well, mate. So thanks again, buddy. Say hello to Colleen for us. Hopefully they're well. I will right. and to Nat and the kids. No worries. All right. Thanks, Tex. Thanks, Tex. Okay. Thanks, Shane. You can come on next week if you want. Go to the pies. We can review, we can review the game if yeah, you like. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, let's um, – and we'll have, have another thing. I'm happy to come on next week. Let me know if you need me. I'll come on. I won't, I won't bore you for an hour, but I'll come right, on I've for – I'll give you my review, all right? <laughs> well, at, at this rate, Dakes, we're just hoping to be <laughs> off air in time for next week. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Dakes. Now, burning issues. Could there be a bigger set of burning issues than that conversation with Dakes? How good was that, Shana? That's a great get from you, mate. We've got excited over some of these guests that we've had throughout the year, but that's uh, Collingwood and Macedonian royalty. Well, you touched on the importance of you know connecting with people and checking in on them, all that sort of stuff. But the connectivity between the four of us was just uh, off the scale, mate. It was just... Fantastic. It was a great chat, wasn't it? And uh, thank you for your input to both of you. I think it uh, all went very, very, very well. Now, I made two observations from that little time there with Dakes. One was how that connection between you and him, Shane, 30 years on is is an absolute credit to you. I know you don't like talking about yourself, but you're going to have to for a minute. So what you're a part of is something special. And to be able to share it with him a teammate of yours 30 years down the track is an absolute credit to you. So well done to you and well done to him. And I'm not sure who I'm going to have to get on to um, adventurous, venturous, because this is not good for my mental health. The amount of exposed gold chain between both the Macedonians on the screen here was somewhat <laughs> off-putting. It was like I was in a Zamel store. There was more exposed gold. Well, they should, what about if they actually smiled? We'd see the gold teeth as well, mate. So uh, probably those goodness gracious me. Uh, great have... get, great conversation, and uh, my childhood dream. So if I was a bit quiet early on, I was a little starstruck. I've got to say. <laughs> now, yeah, well, he's it's a great a, player, wasn't he? He's a great. It's player. a great. It's a great segue into just obviously. Um, I know we we spoke earlier in the intro about how good a weekend it was in terms of the quality of the matches, but the one that finished it off, I mean, that win Collingwood, that's an all-time great win. As much as what, uh, as a Richmond supporter, you sort of like, oh, this would be neat if Collingwood get punted from the finals here tonight, um, particularly after losing the night before. But Jesus Christ, that was just full of admiration, boys, that win. That was a great win. That I was thought it was incredible. I, at times I thought, oh, they're gone here, but they just kept going and coming and just, their pressure and intensity didn't... Uh, didn't waver at all, and I think uh, they're hungry for the contest. So uh, Geelong this week better look out because they know what they're going to cop. And uh, I think Shane. And I think Shane. Hang on, I think I think other other players from the other games that are for the clubs that are still in the competition. That I assume they would have been watching that game. You can take something out of that game and use that for your own benefit when you when you're facing your opposition next week. So um, there's things to learn, and I think. Collingwood showed, and there were some great games. The intensity and pressure of Port uh, and the Geelong game on Thursday night. It was a great game again on the Friday night with Richmond and uh, and Brisbane. Uh, I didn't think the game on the afternoon was that great. I think it was probably below a level. 
But to see that the way that the weekend finished with those two teams is just just amazing. Full credit to both of them, but full credit to the Pies, obviously. Uh, Should we move on to I'm the next not, game? Oh, sorry. No, I, well, I'm not talking much about it. I was saying I've opened the bottom drawer in the kitchen and firmly <laughs> kept the lid on it. So um, I am happy to talk about Port Adelaide. Uh, who, their win over Geelong was, well, I think everything I said it would be last week. Uh, they are rolling along beautifully. Um, what a great win for Port Adelaide. Uh, that home ground advantage certainly does make a difference, and we saw that again on Friday night. But they've done nothing to make me think they're any less of a chance to win the flag, Port Adelaide. They are one out and one back with a lap to go in trotting terms. Yeah, no, I think both those teams now having won and, and get getting home preliminary finals um, certainly puts them uh, puts them on the top line of betting. So uh, um, good wins. Um, and, and well positioned for for what might happen next. And I think, uh, are you there, Shane? You got a technical issue? Oh, now Shane. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Shane, I think you've um, you might have um, muted yourself, mate. So um, normally it's incisive commentary that can. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you Perfect. are back. You're back. You're, you are back, mate. Make Save the show as usual. We, did, we were just we were just saying what a great win from Port Adelaide. He can hear us, unlike, mate. We just couldn't hear him, so you don't well, have to repeat yourself. Are you going to fess up now and say they're the real deal? Who? Me? No, Turtle. Oh, Port about, Adelaide winning the flag. But when you're in when you're in the top four, mate, you, you're the real deal. But it's okay to have an opinion that the team might still not win. So I just said to you that they're well positioned now uh, at the top line of betting. So clearly, so. Uh, good win, but they beat you long, mate. So that's good. That's a good win. They're well positioned. I know we and don't our... have the time in this segment tonight to talk about their weaknesses, but um, at some point we should talk about the teams who who went out on the weekend. Maybe next week we can talk a bit more about West Coast and St Kilda. But um, Port Adelaide... A lot of them should be the topic of your tirade if you're fair income, but, um, but anyway... Port Adelaide were great. Brisbane were outstanding. And I listened back to our pre-game analysis of each of them. And I'll tell you what, boys, we were pretty good, if I don't say so myself, collectively. I think we were just about spot on. Uh, now, Turtle, are you still there? You know oh, what he's done, Shane? I'm just waiting for you to, to continue on, Tex. Well, uh, Brisbane, again, Brisbane at the Gabba. Great win. We spoke last week about not getting sucked into recency bias and the last time they met and the ground they played. But um, I tell you what, Fags has got them firing. And um, again, they go into a preliminary final with uh, God help whoever is the visiting teams in both those preliminary finals. I mean, they'll start as overwhelming favourites, I think, Port Adelaide and Brisbane. Doesn't matter who they play. But um, I don't think it's a lay-down Mazaire that both those two go all the way into the grand final. But I think Port are the lock for me to get there. Brisbane could be a little more vulnerable, but Port are a shoe-in to be at the big dance, I think. See, I think it's the other way around, particularly if, um, um, if things fall the way that I expect them to fall this weekend. Ah. But yeah, we'll worry about that next week because that's absolutely. when we'll be previewing the preliminary finals. Um, now, there was definitely some issues around um, discipline, but you're going to go into that in your tirade, as I understand, Tex. Not that I want to um, give it a full preview as well. So do we, do we actually need to 
to talk about it now, or do you want us to talk about it after you've, you've sprayed Richmond? Well, I'm happy to save it because you also talk about umpire consistency in the run sheet, but I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I think that um, uh, both games, so around why I think Port Adelaide, meritorious win and all the rest of it, but Tom Tom Hawkins kicks five behinds and two or three of those were Lady Undersairs. So um, in a close game, then that that could be could have turned on its head. Um, that particular result. They they did well, um, as did Brisbane. I, I'm not sure Brisbane could play any better against against Richmond. So they did all the right things. Richmond shot themselves in the foot with their their discipline. I don't think there was any issues with the 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 50 meter penalties, which were highly costly for them uh, in that second quarter. The problem I've got is the application of that rule was not consistent over the course of the weekend. And there are a number of other examples where. 50-metre uh, penalties weren't paid as quickly as some of those decisions um, were in, in a couple of those instances. So, uh, and in fact, there was one in the exact same game about three minutes later. But anyway, um, that, that's, um, that's, that's all I've got to say on that one. I, I tell you what did get a... I know you know I love talking about umpiring. The bounce got a lot of um, attention. I actually think it's a non-event. The ball has been bounced poorly often. And uh, those grounds where they're playing footy on, it's more difficult to bounce a footy than ever. It's a non-event, this bouncing of the footy. Either let them throw it up or accept that they're going to get it wrong occasionally. Who really cares? Well, Razor Ray was going to the left of the actual centre of the the centre circle to bounce the ball, and that's why it was going flat, because the other umpires were going right into the middle of the centre circle and getting a really good uh, bounce. So I'm not sure what he was doing. Ray is a poor bouncer, has been forever, but it hasn't hurt him because he's got a game again. But it's footballers not adapting. So they don't adapt to his short bounces with height. They don't adapt to boundary throw-ins that have been shorter than ever. Ruckman are dumb when it comes to that sort of stuff. And I actually don't think it has any impact on the game at all. I think that they are the classic words of an umpire. What's happened, I'll tell you the difference, mate, is those bounces were going about a metre higher 12 weeks ago when Ray was bouncing him for one reason. He had a beard. He shaved it off, and he's back to a clean, <laughs> clean-shaven face. Same with that Pepino, or whatever his name is, the other umpire did our game on <laughs> Friday night. It affected his senses, mate, because he was giving away 50 metres like they were, they were hair follicles. It was a disgrace. Um, but um, while we're talking of people complaining about Razor's bouncing, who was the first person who shone a light on it? It was my mate, Mr Six Acres. He's got that much space in his head that he's now worried about how the umpires are bouncing it. Um, he was worried about his yeah. game plan. Then he's worried about the bouncing. For God's sake, mate, uh, your team's losing. Uh, focus on what you need to do. Uh, just outsmarted himself, mate. He's worried about lazy journalism as well. Yeah. I, you may be right here, Turtle. I mean, this is a massive week for him. I thought you've gone unnecessarily hard at him, but I thought his press conference after the game was, was really good. Um, but his sphincter would be a little tight this week because if they – I actually think – now, this is not a big, not that big a statement. I think if they go out in straight sets, he actually might consider his future at that club because there'll be a lot of commentary about his capability and that list if if they go out this week. The he goes way, way oh, too big, mate. That a lot of the players e- that just did not turn up and provide any contribution to the team. So, yeah, but you don't... Eh. It's, you're, it's you're, 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 your team with the biggest... Chance for improvement, I think you targeted them. So there's still a week to go. So we often jump off the teams who lose in these first first week out of the top four teams. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we can't finish this segment off without talking about the Bulldogs because they absolutely, if you were half-fed income tax, should be the, the object of your tirade. Um, they are, I mean, I heard Jared Watley talk about them and, and what a great coach Luke Beveridge was with their list and all the rest of it. I mean, you've got to be kidding me, mate. Four years after winning a flag and, and they look further away now than what they did on grand final day. Well, they don't to me. I, th- I think you're a bit harsh on them. They made the eight and they should have got the job done on the day and they didn't. I thought they hung in pretty well in the end. They could have turned up the toes at three-quarter time, but um, they'll make some list changes like everyone else. But I wouldn't say they're ordinary. They well, are I, I thought they were disappointing on the weekend. Uh, I know they got the three points. The re- I believe they only, the reason why they got some descendancy in the last quarter and some control because St Kilda went away from the game style that they were playing and went conservative and just tried to save the game instead of playing out the game. That brought the doggies back into it. That's the only way they got back into the game, or else the margin would have been six goals. So I think it flattered them in the end, and it would have been cruel if they had have beaten Saints because they didn't deserve to win the game. They've still got a bit of work to do. There's one more burning issue, if I may. I know I'm going to get in trouble here from the producer. That stupid, ridiculous welcome to country that they do. Not only do they have to force it down our throat. Oh. Is this your tirade, John Early? Why is it for you? Is this the entree? No. Why do they do is it this the, the entree to the tirade? No, thank you, Shane. Why, why are they pre-recording yeah. it and doing it I somewhere else? That. If it's that important to do it, do it on the ground, Absolutely. for God's sake. Absolutely. Uh, good. Uh, I'm sure that um, we can file that with Aboriginal Affairs or whoever it is that you need to put that complaint in with text. It's a, another key insight from, um, again, is this part of your political platform or something? Well, that get mentioned uh, in the budget tonight, for when it? you become a minister. This is unbelievable. All right. Um, <laughs> we, we, that, that Dacos interview took, took up the, uh, the majority of our, of our, um, of our movie length episode. again. <laughs> so we've got to keep moving because, because hang on a sec. I can hear him at the door, mate. He's just—he's he, coming—he's coming off the long run. He told me he's coming off a very long run. All right, Vote let's one stay tuned. Text. <laughs> and I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood. Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Oh, now I feel like Jeff Thompson in the 80s at the Gabba. I'm off a long, long run. Turtle, you need to sit down and listen because the title of this tirade is called Respect Your Opposition. The arrogance and the entitlement that we saw from the Richmond Football Club on Friday night is what I've been banging on about all year. Turtle said they don't have a discipline issue on the field. Well, we saw Exhibit B of when they did. Exhibit A was only seven weeks ago. They talk about culture. You cannot have a culture at a club like that who continually comes up with bad behaviour like this club has done. It all went wrong for this club. They showed a disregard for the opposition. How a senior coach of a football club cannot know that he's got to be down on the ground for a national anthem shows me you're the coach coach that he's not switched in switched on he doesn't care enough that it's a final what could possibly be distracting him from being down there to be side by side with his captain and players has got me stumped 
I can only put it down to that he doesn't show enough respect for the opposition and his head's not in the game as the leader of that club on the night. So the problem starts with him. More, moreover, surely someone else around that footy club would have been able to say to him, hey, Damien, you should be down there, but it didn't because the rest of the club didn't care enough about what was on the agenda for the night. So he makes his way down there onto the ground like a petulant child, smiling and carrying on as if it's a joke. Well, I'll tell you who the joke was on, Damien. The joke was on you. For his captain to welcome him in and laugh and think that it was a big joke, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke to the Richmond members. It wasn't a joke to the Richmond supporters. And then across the other side, you saw Chris Fagan and his club respecting their opposition, switched on, clear about the task at hand, ready to go. But it got worse because then the first two minutes of the game, they didn't pay any respect to the opposition, being Daniel Rich, and he got a soft handball, kicked the goal, and it just went on from there. And then you saw the usual undisciplined behaviour from that Richmond footy club, giving away 50-metre penalties multiple times, goals, exactly like we saw in round 11 against Port Adelaide. When this club gets challenged, they go to water and they laughed back then about, well, we've got a discipline issue, but the, the punishment will be changing Trent Cotchin's kids' nappies. It did them no good then and it'll do them no good for the rest of the season. They are ahead of themselves. They are arrogant with a sense of entitlement and they show a disregard for their opposition and the chickens are coming home to roost. Well, well done, mate. Well done. I um, I agree with a lot of that. I, I was very disappointed with Damien Harwick at the start of the game. Uh, I cannot understand how you can forget you have to be somewhere that's such important or that. And the fact that he was laughing and then his captain was laughing, that disappointed me. I think to show the respect, you actually should have apologised to everyone else that was there. And especially Chris, Chris Fagan and the rest of the boys, um, and potentially the AFL. Um, I, I just don't understand that. There is a been in that situation before where there is a run sheet, a bit like yours, Turtle. There is a run sheet, and you know you've got to be where you've got to be. How he cannot doesn't work on this show, mate. <laughs> how he can forget. At least we're here, though. We don't forget not to turn up. That I've never seen that. That was pretty disappointing. Um, and you know what? It does flow onto the way the team performs. Um, they were pretty relaxed about it and they tried to get away with things or were undisciplined in, in some of their acts. They were lazy on the night at times, uh, Richmond, uh, and they paid for it, unfortunately. So this game is always about learning something. So I hope that that group learns from that and changes to back where they were uh, previously. I know they had some incidents throughout the year um, and sometimes it bruises and it explodes out to something in the performance we saw on the weekend. So... No, hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, we'll see they if they learned, do learn. They, if they don't, and they continue on in the same mindset they are, uh, well, St Kilda are a chance on the weekend based on that. But if they come ready to play, St Kilda aren't a chance. We know that. There's question, there's question marks on they've them right learned no, They've learned nothing, Shane, because they, we saw it happen in the Port Adelaide game and Turtle put it down to a one-off and don't blow things out of all proportion. When this club gets challenged, they react to selfishness. And then it got worse for Damien Harwick at half time at a press conference to blame the umpires and then after the game to make reference to it again. And the selfish behaviour that I thought we saw late in the last quarter from the same serial offenders like Dustin Martin and Jack Rewald, who are great players, 
but who didn't take the first option when that game was there to be won and tried to be the heroes on the night. They got massive issues, that club. It started off-field, and now it's got on-field. And they're no chance to win the flag. That they, they cannot even get there, in my view. But they have got some massive problems. And I don't know why they don't face up to it. Turtle. Turtle. Are you there? No, no I, don't, um, I, I don't have much to add, mate. I, I, I think, once again, you've, um, you've come off the long run, mate, and you just love to do this. And there's a bit of, bit of theatre about all of this and you're grandstanding and you're preparing for your, for your platform to be a politician. And, yep, they, they made some, some blues. I, I, honestly, I didn't pick up on the, on the Harvick one as being such an issue. I'm not sure that you don't know that he didn't actually apologise to, to Chris, um, Chris Fagan anyway, mate. How do you know? Did Chris Fagan say that he did? Or didn't? Well, I mean, you think that so we're, no we, one else has made talk. the issue that um, that um, you have made of it. People said, "Oh, yeah, no, I can't." Yes, well, they I have. missed that. Um, the second thing is, is that well, hang on. You've been you selective, me for my selective in so, your hearing. You've been so am selective I able to give hearing. my feedback now, mate, or do you want to just go ahead, turtle? Go ahead, turtle. Mate, mate. You're just you're trying to bully the turtle, mate. I'm in between I'm the two of you. Right, back up in All right, let's go, turtle. Unbelievable, mate. Champing at the bit there, little fella. Just just get back in your box, mate. In terms of the other. Um, you mentioned around the discipline. Yeah, they, they made they made some errors on the on the night around that. I don't think I think you're underselling the Brisbane performance by saying um, all this un, all this undis, lack of discipline cost us a game. It was a bloody close game, mate. And and albeit for a couple of things, it, it could have been a different result. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's okay. We could go on. We could go on about this. This is part of the problem of the culture of the club that you follow. You don't recognise that the leader of the club had a poor night, the coach, I mean. I'm not talking about what Brisbane did. Brisbane were outstanding. That club disrespected their opposition on many, many fronts on the night. Forget what happened when they were contesting the footy. And there's a pattern of behaviour there that is leaking onto the field. I think Damien Harwick, as a person, has had a shocker of a year as a coach. He's a great coach, we know, as a premiership coach. But he's let himself down a lot this year. And then now it's starting yeah. to have impacts yeah. on the okay. ground. I, I was but, staggered but, but, by but what I saw. But be consistent all right? Because this is just targeted tirade from you because um, if, if you're fanning him around all these same issues, you'd be having the same go at um, your mate Chris Scott or my mate Chris Scott, okay? So if you're talking to people who dis... Give me a spell. Um, anyway, we won't even start with Nathan Buckley, but um, well, the, the you know, he's off playing, playing tennis the with his assistant weekend, coach. So the tirade can be on Chris Scott next week. Okay, carry on. Well, mate, we've just got the um, the fire hoses out of this out of my little home studio here, mate. Putting that one out after listening to that 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 tirade there. Um, can we talk about your betting? Can we talk about that? It's what's it? It's now up to eighteen weeks, um, and I, I must say, my son who 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 went off after. Uh, at the umpiring on Friday night, he was getting a little bit emotional about it, the, the work experience kid. And I had to call him back in because I said, have a look at this. Remember Texas try on, um, on, on our recording of our episode? He decided he'd pick two teams um, and both of them would be by 16 plus. And one of those happened to be the Brisbane Lions. And, and I'd forgotten all about it, but his crack was getting a bit sweaty there at the 29-minute mark. He's, he's looking for someone to score so he could double down on his tip and, oh... Unfortunately, um, another another loss for charity, um, and and no more funds for the 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 political party, the one man band that's known as Tex from Jagger Jagger. Uh, 
I was very <laughs> stiff, i got to say. But anyway, that's punning. We'll I move was. on. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Hey, this this week, this might surprise oh. you. Keeping it, keeping it really simple this week. Oh, beautiful. Um, the old kiss theory. Get your pens, pencils and crayons ready to write this down. I've got my text, sir. Um, it's a three-leg bet. The first, the first leg is Richmond to beat St Kilda by sixteen oh. plus. No, don't, don't, don't pick Richmond, mate. We go much better when you don't pick us. <laughs> Second leg is Collingwood to beat Geelong sixteen plus, and the third leg is race six at Caulfield. Hungry Heart to win the thousand guineas. If you multi those three up. It's paying $23.99 for a return of $1,200. So Collingwood and Richmond by 16 plus and Hungry Heart to win the 1,000 guineas at race six at Caulfield on Saturday. Wow. Well, we might be going early um, on on some of the feedback that uh, one of our favourite tweeters who took your challenge up, text, but he's, he's a week late. And I think he's put a bet on for um, um, to go up against you on... Um, on Saturday, the Caulfield Guineas, or it might have been the um, the prelude. I can't remember what he put in his tweet. I should I should have done that research before I came on, shouldn't I? Mister Beanbag. Then didn't he pick? Is Crosshaven running against um or Dreamhaven? What's the horse's name? Crosshaven. Um, Crosshaven. Yeah. Crosshaven. I, is that uh, up against your thing, Hungry Heart? Uh, I didn't check that. Actually, you caught me on the hop a bit here. Well, there you um, go, mate. There could be a bet right against your multi there by. One of our favourite tweeters, Mr. Beanbag from Brunswick, has um, he, no. he's gone head to head. No, he hasn't. Crosshaven is it's a bit confusing. Crosshaven's in the Caulfield Guineas, which is race eight. My bet's in the thousand Guineas, which is race six. The prelude, so, you mean? Uh, well, the race is called the Thousand Guineas. I thought you said the Thousand Guineas prelude. Didn't that what he said before? Shane? No, no, no. The Thousand Guineas on Saturday, uh, race six. Okay. The Caulfield Guineas race eight. My goodness gracious me. So yeah, they're the, they're the three twenty three ninety nine returns twelve hundred sheets. Bang. Oh, Very good. We'll, we'll both be happy if the Pies and the Tigers win by sixteen plus. Oh well, Richmond should destroy St Kilda, um, given how up and about and angry and switched on they are, and no Carlisle and no Ryder, and should be a walk in the park for Richmond. Well, well I'll tell you what you should do to all of our tweeters, mate. R- rather than awaiting till the twenty eight minute mark of the quarter went. The final quarter, when you know Richmond have have lost, why don't you tell us what's going on in the minds of the captain and the coach when they line up for the anthem on Friday night? Since you 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 were all over it on Friday night, in retrospect, I'll do that. I nearly tweeted Friday night actually about this what I just observed, but I mm. I didn't want to infuriate you early. But the longer that game went, the more obvious it became. Texas try, mate. It's not Texas tirade. We finished Texas tirade. So good. Thank you very much. Moving right along. Well, I know this is Shane's favourite segment because where can our tweeters find us, Shane? At the Coach and Tex. Now, one thing we do expect this week, mate, is that you will be tweeting profusely. Uh, We need you and your mate, um, Dakes. Um, no, no private messages. It's all, all out there for all of us to see, mate. So, um, mm, we we'll look forward to to your activity. And there was more activity, uh, particularly by text on Friday night, mate. He was unleashing as he usually does, mate. Um, right after the game's been done, and gets very brave, and starts having a crack at everyone. But a person who he 
who he challenged last week in Tweeters of the Week, Mr. Beanbag from Brunswick, has come for him, has come for him um, directly. So he's gone for Crosshaven at race, mate. You said you'll take him on. Um, what is your response, little man? Well, I've told Apart you. Apart from the response... fact that you're going to ride your horse. Oh, so what? I, I've got to give a, a horse in the same race to beat him. Is that what you want well, me to that, say? That's what, you, that's head what to you head. asked him to do, mate. You said head to head. Head to head. Yep. Yeah. No. So he's gone with Crosshaven in uh, in the Caulfield Guineas. Yes. Uh, Crosshaven won't run in the first three, let alone win it. But I'm going okay. to go with. Uh, well, I won't take the favourite because that'll make it too easy. For I won't take old old Kirk. I'll take uh, the toppy. Tagaloa will win that race. Oh. Mm. What are the okay. odds of both? What are the odds of both? Tagaloa is six dollars, and Crosshaven is eleven dollars. Eleven? He's gone for an eleven dollar shot. My goodness! But, that is... but you know, j- just just while I've got your attention, they're talking about the punt. Do you know what else has taken my attention? That Port Adelaide are now three dollars seventy five to win the flag. Well, I thought they drifted out once uh, the Lions won. Uh, has anyone got some tobacco? Because I'm just sitting back smoking the pipe as we've got them at $8. <laughs> um, when you're zero from 18, there's no pipe um, no pipe big enough for you to smoke, little fella. Um, so I'm not too sure um, I'd be getting ahead of yourself just yet because that one to even, even have any chance of paying means you actually have to be in the grand final. No one has landed that position just yet. But they are front and centre to do it, Tex. Speaking of tweeters, I've just received some private messages whilst we've been on air. Um, One is here, if I get a chance to ask the turtle about your far and wide betting philosophy when you have a punt. Does that mean much to you, your far and wide betting philosophy? Yes, it does, mate. It it goes way back to um, one particular day walking out of Mooney Valley on Cox Plate Day and we'd been struggling, and, and one Mr. Beanbag from Brunswick may well have been accompanying me on this particular day, and we had a look at those TV screens right as you walk out of the gates uh, to go and catch the buses um, back into the Crown or something like that, and we said, oh, bugger this, they're still racing at um, Belmont, I think it might have been on this particular uh, particular occasion in WA, and, and we put some money on this thing called Princess Orm, and it's still one of our favourite anecdotes, and it came in at about 10 bucks, and Sure enough, it gave us a few Southern and Cokes that we could go splurge on a bit later into the evening there, Tex. That, that's what the far and wide goes for. And the, and the same tweeter asked me to ask you, preferably while we're on air, about your miss from the goal square at Gillen Oval when you're uh, running around for the Turtles. Did uh, you miss from the goal square? I think that's an exaggeration, mate. Um, so this um, way, not that anyone's interested when we've just spoken about the 30 year celebration of the Collingwood Premiership. But it might have been a Premiership hangover, mate, because it was a year after I kicked the sealer in grand final for the Turtles. Um, moved on to greener pastures, and I, and I decided to be the foundation of the team the following year. And I was, I, I'd come back, I'd been away on my honeymoon, actually, cause it, so it would have been in 94, because um, we, we won the flag in 93. So in 94... Uh, we've come back and we're at Gillanova playing against our arch rivals, Brunswick United. <laughs> and uh, I was that 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 out of out of touch with not missing the first six games of the season. I was still wearing my my um, my famous chains that you like, Troy. And, um, and and a couple of my mates who live in the in a in a in a nearby suburb decided to come down and sledge me while I was going going for shot. And they were hanging shit on the fact that I was wearing my chains underneath my jumper. I'd forgotten to take my jewellery off. So while the umpire in those days were checking the, you know, they check your boots 
Check your boots, yeah. yes. They yeah. forgot to remind me to take my um my my cross and chains off um, that I was wearing around my neck, and and I subsequently um, got razzed by the calls from uh, over the other side of the fence about chewy on your boot, mate. And it worked. Sorry, mate. It took too long. That that, that was as long as um, that was Texas a short version. Was that, little... <laughs> that was a short version. <laughs> Correct, I know. Very good. What else? What else is it? It's almost like the bag of questions, mate. Um, the bag of mail that Sam's mailbag. Um, no, 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 no. There's a couple of others here that I actually can't mention off here. Someone's tweeted me through the meaning of in, indiscipline, and perhaps there's a picture of Damien Hardwick's face there. Uh, that that and, could be um, from Bowie Boy, mate, based on his um uh, his pr- pronunciation. And there's one more here. Hang on, if you can just, I've got to ask you as a supporter: Are you concerned? That you're that the reigning champ is up against the ropes, um, being punched to an inch of your lives, and your culture and undiscipline are the things the footy public are talking about. Does that concern you? That that's the headlines from your club. Tex, do I look concerned? Um, I, well, I think I think Richmond are in a similar position to Port Adelaide and Brisbane. We've got the bye this week. Uh, see that arrogance, Shane. That arrogance. That was that, a, that was a special one for you, Tex. I knew you'd love that one, mate. You'd, um, well, just just so on. just so you know, I've checked back on round four when St Kilda defeated the Tigers, the Richmond Football Club, by five goals, twenty nine points. Very similar team structure that we're going to see this weekend as to round four. So, and what do you think is going to happen, Shane? Who are Richmond, you tipping? Richmond will win. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're, you're right, Turtle. There is a history of the losers from those first two qualifying finals bounce back pretty strongly in the second week. But um, yeah, God, God help the one that doesn't. They'll get all the attention and all the scrutiny that they deserve. And let's hope it's those people from Punt Road. <laughs> which, well, which, sorry, just good. let me just about round four. My take on that was St Kilda kicked the ball longer. Uh, in that game than they ever have. So just let's just so we, just watch out oh, for that when they play on Friday night. They got a lot of goals out the back that day, Shane. Yeah. Our, our defenders have pushed well up on yeah, on that. And that's so, why they went longer um, with their with their foot skills. Anyway, well, well, we'll have to wait and see. Correct. Very good. Anything else from our tweeters, Tex? Uh, I have it on good authority that Razor Ray will be officiating on Friday night, so things haven't started exactly particularly well for you. No, no nothing wrong with Ray. Uh, should help out. Ball's not going to go up very high, mate, so um, that'll be good. Ruckman? I didn't think you had any Ruckman. We do, mate. We do. Um, unlike your um, your, your man, um, Brody. I mean, he, he he's lucky that he's not getting a game of the VFL and the scratch match, isn't he, mate? Uh, Buckley getting up there talking about this mishmash, and he's our number one ruckman. He's going to be back there. I mean, could he, Shane, the almost Brownlow medalist from last year, any harder in the face than saying it's the most important pivotal moment of the season? But take a seat, bro. I'll play Darcy Cameron with that other clown from the US um, up forward. Give me a spell. Well, speaking of Brownlow medalists, that's another example of not showing respect to the opposition, the way people treated Lockie Neal after quarter time on Friday. But Shane, straighten <laughs> us up before we go. Would you would you keep Marvia Scholl or Chol or whatever his name is, that fraudulent man who's getting a game? Would you keep him in the senior side? Well, I think most people expect him to go out and uh, big Tommy Lynch to come. Of course they do. Tommy Lynch to come back in. Of course in. they do. I would imagine that. Assuming that his hamstring's okay, Tommy. And if it's not quite ha- not quite there, then 
great for St Kilda because he'll do it again. So that was almost the last question. This is the last question for the two of you. How confident are you that Mason will do anything close to what he's done again? Or is it going to be another two years before he, he comes back and produces a half-decent game? Any oh, chance that he might show up this week? Any chance? Well, he'll definitely show up. The only thing I liked about his marks, he actually made contact first with his opponent, whereas he hasn't, I haven't seen him do that. So if that's a skill that they've been working on, he's now brought that into his game, then great. Uh, depends how much Mildrew's up there on uh, Saturday night, mate. You know what I mean? Lockie Henderson, he's, mate. That's his, his potential opponent. So uh, uh, well, he can't, a, have, he's he's can't have it great, any easier, mate. He's had a great month and he's actually showing continuous improvement, not a concept that those at Tigerland are familiar with over the last month or so. Very well, good. Uh, well, again, the Pies, I said they had to do one thing, Bucks, and that's move the ball quickly. And they did that, and look at the difference. You're a star, Shane. Why don't you give Dimmer a call during the week and give him just a five-minute webinar on respecting the opposition? Happy no, to mate, I'm, I'm gonna, I've now got not only Dakes's phone number, but I think he gave us his wife's phone number as well when we um, dialed him into this, this interview. You got, I might, um, you got I might give them both a call to, <laughs> to show Dimmer um, something about He was magnificent. Great get, Shane. Hey, thanks for doing that. Happy anniversary well done, again. Um, enjoy the weekend, boys, and get into Mr. Six Acres for me. And I look forward to the Twitter activity by all of our um, increasing fellowship. Good luck with that, that campaign. Uh, were you inspired by the way Donald's bounced back from his, from his COVID scare? I've got to go and peruse the budget. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See you, See boys. You boys.